Welcome, everybody, to Talking Fates, the Star Wars podcast where we discuss another Star Wars podcast, specifically Duel of the Fates, a podcast in nine parts based on the alleged Derek Connolly, Colin Trevorrow draft of the Star Wars Episode Nine script. I'm John Murray, co-host of Star Wars TV Talk, along with my TV Talk cohort, Zach Logan, and we are joined this week by Duel of the Fates voice talent, Armand Anthony, who plays Finn in the sixth episode of the limited run nine installment podcast. All right, Zach. Take it away. Well, I just wanted to start by thanking Armand so much for coming and joining us today. So how are you doing, man? Not bad. Not bad at all. Thank you guys for having me. You're very welcome. Uh, <laughs> we've been kind of running through the cast list. We were uh, scheduled to have you on sooner because there's been quite a few episodes so far where you've featured heavily because you've mm-hmm. got kind of a whole plot thread that's just sort of you and Rose up to this point. Um, but we had a scheduling issue. We were able to regroup. And so rather than just drill in on this one episode i was hoping that maybe we could just sort of break down your story arc thus far because it kind of um it kind of comes to a head here right so we've covered a lot of ground and finn's really at a turning point with who he is as a character so i was hoping that maybe that sort of uh you know we could step back and have a bit more scope to this conversation than just this one episode yeah absolutely excellent um but i don't want to uh, get ahead of ourselves because zach has a a couple questions and thoughts that he wants to uh, explore first. Sure. Okay. So first, were you a star Wars fan before you did this? Absolutely. Um, So I grew up in Mexico and I remember being in our guest bedroom, watching return of the Jedi on like Mm. the kids TV show that or the kids network that we had at the time uh, and just fell in love. And then just wanted to watch every single one from that point. So I think since there's been an opportunity to see them in theaters with the, um, the prequel trilogy, I've just I've midnight screenings, uh, buying tickets as in advance as possible. Yeah, just this wasn't just like a, a privilege to work on. It was just it's so much fun. It's just almost kind of like one of those little dream come trues that you get to be a part of something Star Wars related like this. It's uh, it's been great. Yeah, it's fun to be able to put your your stamp and your spin on a character that uh, we we know what happens in the you know official authorized mm-hmm. you know sequel trilogy, um, but he's on a different trajectory here. So you kind of get to make him your own uh, a little bit. How how was that trying to get in the head of Finn and where he's at in this episode? What what did you use to kind of inform your character and help your performance? I think, uh, I mean, I related to Finn in so many ways. Uh, there's there's conflict from the very very beginning in terms of just figuring out like who he is, what he is. Uh, and where his place is. And that's been something that was there from episode seven and episode eight. Uh, and just being able to carry that through and seeing it to a completely different finish, um, mm-hmm. you know, without giving too much away. Um, that's, <laughs> right. been, that's been the, uh, the fun part of this whole thing. Uh, I think being able to disconnect a lot of what happens in the original episode nine uh, and, you know, the episode nine that we ended up seeing and, you know, not necessarily having to worry about kind of what that storyline looks like and what Finn goes through in that and being able to look at this story completely separately uh, was was a treat. It was really kind of fun to look at something from a completely new perspective. I mean, everything in this story is is almost new, um, yeah. but Finn's story in particular just takes a, a whole different a whole different trajectory than what we were used to or than what I was even expecting going into it. Yeah. Yeah, he finally gets a side adventure that that bears fruit. You know, it actually mm-hmm. has some consequence in the larger storyline. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, a very different uh, trajectory for Finn in this episode. Now, whenever you were doing uh, your voice acting for Finn, did you have access to the full script or did you just use your sights to inform your entire performance? Um, as 
being the Star Wars person I am, as soon as I got that script, I read it front to back a couple of times. Uh, I reread scenes a few times just because there was there were moments in there where I'm just like, did, did, is this actually happening? Like, oh, okay, all right, this is the direction we're going, and cool. Um, so I, I did want to kind of get a full perspective as to you know what was going on in the world outside of Finn, uh, sure. partially to to you know see how much. Finn was going to be affected by, but on, you know, the selfish part just to figure out, you know, what was going to happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I guess you'd have to, this isn't a minor character. This isn't a character that just sort of lives in one corner of the mm-hmm. story. You know, he traverses all basically nine episodes of, of how it's broken apart in the, in the radio place. So yeah, you, you need a bit more perspective and a higher level picture of uh, the story as a whole. If you're, if you're going to be able to do justice to the part. So uh, we can't fault you for maybe being a little eager to jump into the script. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think with every single read, there was always something new. Uh, mm-hmm. There was always a different, and even reading, you know, rereading a scene, for example, this one with, uh, with Dade, um, you know, I reread that, I think about four different times, four different ways. So there's, there's so much to unpack in, in Finn's character, particularly for, and how that unfolds uh, yeah. throughout the story. So how did you get involved with the project? Did you know Jamie prior to this or, uh, you know, what, how did yeah, it all fall in place? Um, I mean, Jamie and I go back to being coworkers. Oh man, are we going back over a decade now? Okay. Uh, and we've worked on, you know, a couple of different shows uh, through a variety of different, you know, performances that he's, he's kind of put on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was one of my first, uh, first voice uh, performances. I mean, usually I'm used to kind of being on stage and doing that. So, you know, I, I was gracious really, really grateful for the opportunity. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, Jamie and I go way back. We, we, we've, we've talked star Wars since day one. And, uh, it's kind of, I think what, what got us connected from the very beginning. Sure. So it was, uh, there wasn't any hesitation when Jamie asked, that's for sure. You didn't have to audition. It was pretty much a shoe in that you were going to have some sort of a role in this project. Uh, well, I, 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 he asked if I was interested. It, it was an absolute yes. And then I think about <laughs> a week later, he's like, all right, cool. So here's the script. And it was the question of like, great. So, um, just out of curiosity, who am I playing? He's like, Finn. I'm like, oh, great. No pressure. That's, that's <laughs> fun. <laughs> so since it's your first time voice acting and everything's being done remotely and it's kind of, you know, you're kind of performing sort of like with, you know, one hand tied behind your back mm-hmm. and you're doing it over zoom. Did you find it was easy to collaborate with the other voice talent? And like, did you kind of catch your, your groove, your rhythm um, in the, in the recording sessions? Or did you find that that was a, a challenging way to uh, approach a performance? I, you know, I, it was, it was interesting not necessarily having everybody in the room yet all of us connected at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think for something like an audio drama, it kind of actually helps bring out your performance quite a bit. I, I don't necessarily, I may not have had, you know, Ray or Rose or, or Poe in front of me, uh, but just having their voices in your head really just allows you to, to be in that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there was ever a point where I felt disconnected or that I was just reading off lines. There was a lot of performance to it. Um, and there were a couple moments, I think even if we look at the last episode where, um, where uh, Poe and Ray finally kind of say that font, like that final farewell. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, lo- I remember listening to that and I just, I was almost choking up and then finally <laughs> hearing the mix of it just made it even worse. So it was really great to kind of just see how everything did, like how everything did come together without it being kind of everybody doing their own recordings in their own separate rooms. We, we all did come together for it. Okay. So it wasn't a, a sterile environment. Like you, there was some uh, genuine synergy happening, even though everyone's kind of disconnected. Oh, for sure. I think there were certain times where we would end, we would end a scene or end a couple of lines and there would just be this, this silence, which I'm going to call the equivalent of applause. The silence is just like, 
man, that was good. Like that was really intense. That was <laughs> so yeah, it was it was it was a really unique process, but uh, definitely one that I mean, one I'd do again. I think this is a really unique way of approaching something and something I think we can repeat, that's for sure. Good. Must have been a fun process. Yeah. Um, so we've seen really throughout most of these six parts so far, I don't think there's actually been a whole episode where Finn hasn't been involved at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you have had a lot to do, and you, I mean, <laughs> Finn, um, like a whole lot to do so far. Uh, going to uh, the underground portions, of course, not finding a giant Kyber crystal, and also, <laughs> mo- most notably, in my opinion, is working so close with Rose because obviously we did not get that. And I think that that is probably the major tick that a lot of people have against the rise of Skywalker, not to necessarily Mm -hmm. bash it, but that is something where Rose was really sidelined. So what did you think about Finn's and Rose's relationship in this version of episode nine? It was nice to see it carry over from the last Jedi. You know, there were, it's very similar to, you know, Poe and Ray's story there. There's all these little tiny hints of it in last Jedi that Mm -hmm. completely disappear in rise of Skywalker. Uh, So it was really (laughs) nice to kind of just see those sparks fly and continue. Um, they have this really, really unique, uh, this, this unique relationship between each other where they can, there's a strong connection. There's a strong bond between the two of them, yet very similar to, you know, something like Poe and Chewie just, you know, taking jabs at one another. That's there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, but there's just this additional level of sweetness there that I don't think exists between two, any, any other two characters, um, in that way. So I think just getting, honestly, getting to see Rose's journey for what you know the character that she deserves to be was was great and i think just being able to be alongside her for that journey was a lot of fun for for me as finn and you do you do genuinely develop this caring relationship like i i i felt that finn whenever something did happen to rose like those those cries were like those Mm -hmm. you know those shout for rose were genuine just because it's it she's a great character and you do you do get to care for her quite a bit in terms of uh just what her journey looks like throughout this throughout this whole series yeah. I really like the way Rose is written in this particular mm-hmm. uh, version of episode nine. She's sassy. She's defiant. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's, she's no nonsense. She just kind of knows how to sum up a situation and uh, yeah, she's, she's really asserting herself and mm-hmm. it's kind of fun to see Finn not cowed. Like he's there with her and gung ho and, and he's in the mission with her, but uh, she just, she's just the one that just kind of knows how to put one foot in front of the other. And, and Finn seems to be trying to keep up at times. Um, there's just, there's a really nice, like you kind of said, a sweet dynamic to kind of how they're interacting in this. And I just thought it was written particularly well. And, uh, Amy, who we talked to last week, uh, I'll, I'll continue to sing her praise because I think she gives one of the best performances in, in the whole. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and I think you kind of said it best. I think Finn's character really only develops and is only gets as far as it does before he kind of goes off on his own journey because Mm -hmm. of Rose. Um, I think that Rose is the one that kind of saves him in so many different ways throughout this episode. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice to kind of just see Finn develop as a result of that. You know, part of Finn's journey is figuring out who he is on his own. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've seen that through episode seven and episode eight. And even through the better part of uh, the unwritten episode nine or the unreleased episode nine, <laughs> right. that he he tends to hang on to Ray or he tends to hang on to Poe or Chewie or or Rose for that matter. And mm-hmm. I think without you know that push from Rose at one point, I don't know if the dominant side of him or this kind of this leadership that he ends up having uh, in this episode really would have come out. 
Yeah, no, it definitely feels more like an arc. Like he actually mm-hmm. gets to a point where he has to steal himself and decide what kind of a man he's going to be. And it, it is interesting that yes, behind every good man is is a good woman. You're you're right that without Rose sort of being there to get them to the point where he has an opportunity to actually, you know, really be a value. And, and um, I, I guess we can touch on, it. we can't get too far into sort of the next phase of the story, but you know, with how he begins rallying the stormtroopers and, and really steps up. Um, yeah. It, it doesn't happen without Rose. And that's, what's so satisfying is mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's not as sort of simplistic as what we see in uh, maybe the episode nine where Rose isn't a factor and he's just kind of there doing whatever's called upon him, but there's no real understanding of sort of where he's at as a character. They didn't mm-hmm. have time to really dwell on it. You get a, a much better sense of it in this one. And I found that very satisfying. Yeah. It's kind of a case study of Finn in this episode when in Rise of Skywalker, he's he's there and he's doing a lot. And I really enjoyed him in that film as well. But this one, we're diving really deep into his psyche, especially when he's having a conversation with the stormtrooper in this episode mm-hmm. where he tells the stormtrooper, first thing you need to do is get a name. That's mm-hmm. our that's our first <laughs> act of defiance, which is actually really great and calls back to, of course, The Force Awakens, where Poe is like, ah, I'm not calling you FN2187. I'm calling you Finn. I think it's almost just this little crescendo of this journey that he's been going through. And, and it's this 360 of, like you said, from the force awakens and having no idea what to do or who he is, or the fact that at this point, he's just the number uh, <laughs> having somebody come in and essentially save him, even though he was trying to escape in episode seven. I mean, Poe is the one that adds in, you know, adds in abets his escape mm-hmm. uh, gives him a name and gives him a little bit of humanity to, to who he used to be. It's it's really interesting just being able to kind of see the fact that now he's in those exact same shoes yeah. um, and he can do that. He could do that for every single stormtrooper if he wanted to uh, just being able to go to them and say, you know, what's going on. You, He's not strong with the force, but he's got his own sense of it in some way where he can look at a stormtrooper and go, I know what you're going through. I know what you've been. And I can see that there's conflict just by how you're how you're acting. So here's what you need to do. And I'm not going to hold your hand through it. You need to make these decisions on your own. But when you're ready, mm-hmm. follow. Yeah, there's a there's an empathy there, and mm-hmm. uh, he uh, he understands how valuable getting a foothold and and being able to reclaim a little bit of your humanity can be. And so, of course, there's there's no one better to really be able to champion that particular cause. Yeah, and 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 that and that arc has really been has been a lot of fun to see. I think mm-hmm. it's you. His humor has always been there, which has been I think one of my favorite parts about Finn. Uh, but when you look at those kind of three character, like the, your, your lead threes or, I mean, Rose, let's include her because I think she's, she's a fourth principal character now, mm-hmm. you know, Finn's journey really just is this, it, you could write an entire trilogy just based on his story alone. If you really right. wanted to dive into it. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, getting to kind of do the best of version of it for, for this entire series has been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was so fun just kind of listening to this unfold and then reading along with it and seeing how deep this really goes for Finn. And I also liked that he's the one kind of leading this call to arms in this, you know, in the the undergrounds of of Coruscant where people are getting motivated by what he's saying. I mean, we kind of get that that sense in in Rise of Skywalker, but we don't actually see it. In this one, we see these people coming out of the shadows, and they're ready to defy uh, the First Order. So I really enjoyed that, and I thought that that was just an amazing thing that this script had going for it. I I think that it was I think that it was fitting to have that happen. I mean, Rise of Skywalker, Poe is the leader of of the Resistance. He's the one that is on the front lines of this battle and of this war. 
And because of that, Finn, you know, he has his, he has his moments, but he does get sidelined. And I don't think that without Finn in this, you can have this amazing relationship or the exploration of relationship that Ray and Poe end up having, which honestly has been my, if, if I look at kind of the trilogy as a whole, and if I replace Rise of Skywalker with this, uh, I, I've loved watching that little romance unfold <laughs> because it does really give Ray a lot to think about. It gives Poe something to think about. Now they, they both have something to lose. Mm-hmm. And now that kind of Poe's, I'm going to say distracted <laughs> off with, uh, you know, with, with supporting Ray. Um, it just seems so fitting for, for Finn to be the one that kind of calls on this, on this gigantic resistance on stormtroopers, on everybody that wants to now fight up, fight up against the one thing that he ran away from, from the very, very beginning. Well, obviously, you have thought a whole lot about your just character arc in this story. And then, of course, just the script altogether. So really, uh, really awesome talking to you just about the whole script, really, that we've dove into so far. So um, now I hear you do some pretty cool mind blowing stuff. Armand, is that true? Uh Sure. Yeah, no, we <laughs> we can def- we can dive into that. Um, so I hooked um Shelby's contact info up with Jamie. Uh, Shelby and I work on a mentalism project together, which is a lot of fun. Uh, so we've kind of been sidelined for the last four months, just uh, given given COVID and everything that's been going on. So we haven't been able to perform much. But uh, but yeah, we've been we've been doing a mentalism project for about a year now. Kind of blown up quite a bit in Toronto, so we're pretty excited to be able to get back into it. We're hoping in the next couple of months. Can you can you quickly define for our audience? <laughs> what is mentalism? Like I have a sense of, of what I think it is, but sure. I would rather hear it from the horse's mouth. Yeah, of course. Um, mentalism is essentially the, we actually say this in the opening of our show. Mind reading isn't a real thing. Uh, I cannot look at you or we can't look at someone and go, you are thinking this. Cause I mean, really we'd be in Vegas getting rich <laughs> at that point. Um, but it's creating the perception of mind reading. You know, it's creating this world where, we're using things like psychology. We're using things like being able to read your body language, your, your micro expressions, mm. reading and just being able to predict what decisions people are going to be able to make. And when you, you know, package that all together and present it in a really fun form, people tend to go, wait, but how, 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 how did they know? Or how do they know? Or, uh, you know, how are they able to kind of picture or, or, or draw exactly what I was thinking? Okay. Um, so you're, you're effectively screwing with people's minds for entertainment purposes. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's it's so much fun. <laughs> well, and he's being a little modest there. I watched a video of this guy predicting what someone was going to like an uh it was like a Wikipedia page that they were going to pull up and what <laughs> word they were going to find on that Wikipedia page. I'm still like just thinking about that oh, and wow. you even like yeah, it was it was pretty cool. So, I mean, you you're, you're going to have to teach me how to do that stuff because I would love to freak out my wife. Fair enough. No, we can uh we can definitely chat after. There's a yeah, it's it's it, it is. And honestly, that's how it started. It started off with wanting to freak a few friends out and then turn into this whole business and this whole uh, act that we now have, which is we're, we're we're very grateful that it's that it's turned into what it has now. Now that summer is approaching and hopefully uh, the whole covid quarantine thing is going to die down a bit. Are you anticipating having any public performances that people could attend? Like, do you have anything that you can point people towards where they might be able to catch a show or is it too early to, to know how? Um, that's gonna well, we, so we have a residency at uh, the rec room, downtown Toronto, um, which is kind of in our home for the last year. Mm-hmm. We've been in talks with them. They kind of gave us a heads up to start getting ready about three weeks ago, okay. which 
kind of took us by surprise because we said, all right, that's, that's strange <laughs> to think of doing a live performance in front of people. Uh, but I know that they're looking at kind of what the social distancing measures are going to look like. Um, it's going to be in a very reduced capacity. Usually our theater would hold about 120. That's probably going to drop down to maybe 50, uh, okay. which is fine. I mean, we can still do an amazing show that way. Um, but from what we're expecting or what we're hoping, uh, August is is what we're being told, which is exciting because it's literally a month and a half away. Okay. Um, but I mean, if they, if people check out our, our Facebook page or our website, uh, all the info is going to get posted there as soon as, as soon as it's up and running. Well, why don't you throw that out for people? Uh, so our acts called beyond mental borders. You can search us up on Facebook at beyond mental borders, uh, or beyond mental borders.com. Awesome. Well, do you have any other links that, or social media sites that you want to plug Armin before we sign off? We forgot to ask you before we started recording. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. Um, I think the other, so Shelby and I have gotten to work together quite a bit since, uh, this whole pandemic started because we've been locked in and haven't had much of an opportunity to do much else. So we, uh, we just started and released, uh, our first release as a music project. So we're doing, um, essentially, a. I don't want to call it, I mean, yes, they're cover songs, but we're basically taking existing songs, telling them from the perspective of two people and creating this really cool story uh, dynamic between them just to try to, t- for example, if we take you two's with or without you, one of us tells the story from the with, one of us tells the story from the without, and it kind of puts together this really cool spin on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that act is called As We Are, and the plug for that one would be on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Music. Very interesting. Well, it's good that you can keep busy when you're not doing voice acting in a Star Wars project. You got plenty of other irons in the fire. So kudos. That's a good way to spend a quarantine. <laughs> for sure. Well, Armin, thank you so much for coming and joining us today. It was so exciting to have you. And it was really uh, thought provoking just to listen to your thoughts on the script as a whole and how you um, have really picked it apart and how you have just really enjoyed it and enjoyed your character. So thank you. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for having me on and uh, looking forward to the next few. Yeah, it was fun. Well, until we meet back with our heroes and the next installment of Duel of the Fates, this is Zach Logan signing off from the Resistance. <laughs>